This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. February 2nd, 1988. Dear Journal, today is Groundhog Day. I miss my kindergarten and first grade teacher, even though I say hi to them. I'll probably miss my second grade teacher too. We're doing poems on the presidents. I used to have three girlfriends, but I won't tell you their names. I'm a little bit shy, but I stand up. That's all I want to say, but see you tomorrow. (laughs) Was that real? That is an actual journal entry from me. What? February 2nd, nineteen. You had three girlfriends? I apparently did. And you're not going to tell us their names. I wish I could... I could probably remember two of them from first grade, but <laughs> oh, that third one, uh, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I decided to read an actual journal entry. I think this is my first journal entry in any journal. We had to keep a journal in, mm-hmm. in uh, second grade. Mm-hmm. So that was this. Wow. wow. That was adorable. Oh, thank you. Very yeah. nice. Uh, I just thought, I thought it would fit. It does. It does. Uh, yeah. But I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last show. The Shameless. Our claim to shame. I'm feeling a little ashamed, but. It's Are okay. you? I think we got a lot of support, honestly. There was we a did. lot of endorsement yeah. of movies that we brought up that were on our shame list. There was several people who were, were telling Joel to give MASH a chance, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, Abe Yosby, among others, who said, great episode. Let me put in my endorsement for MASH. Hilarious. And the greatest movie I've ever seen, Shawshank Redemption. And First Blood is quite good as well. Okay. Much, much better all than the, the other Rambo flicks. So yeah, yeah, just getting good recommendations. And just to clarify, Joel, I didn't tell you not to watch MASH. I just said it's 11 seasons. No, so you were like, lot. oh, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. One of the most classic Pre, TV shows of all time. Pre-1985? Uh, uh. <laughs> well, they do have a laugh track on that show, which I is I don't mind odd. a laugh track. It's fake. It is fake. It's dead people laughing at You know nothing. what's fake? Everything you've seen in a movie, Kent. <gasps> it's all pretend. How dare you? You're not watching documentaries. Paranormal Activity is not a documentary? No, it is <laughs> not. No, it is not. <laughs> Drew Kimball also says, I enjoyed the episode. I think that this is one of the most unintentionally and ironically funny. I get that you guys are big film buffs, but I don't think that any of you should be ashamed, except <laughs> for maybe Zach for not watching any of the Bournes. <laughs> Wait, that's the movie? That's the yeah. one. That was his line. Everyone yeah. has their lines, Kent. Yeah. The Bourne series? It's fine. It's worse than MASH. No. <laughs> <laughs> A little encouragement. Ben Betts on Facebook says, best episode in a while. Do a follow-up, please. Hey. Oh, and we will. Yeah. yeah well, we actually, be. we have plenty more things we're ashamed of not seeing yet. Yeah. And we will eventually, Joel's already started, watching what we talked about, and we'll review them at another time. Yeah, we did. We, we actually so. just talked about on our Pacon bit, if you're mm-hmm. a patron of Bacon Sale, mm-hmm. we had a discussion about one of the movies that I already have watched. Yes. That I said I didn't watch. I said I hadn't watched before, and I finally got to see it. And so I'll talk about I'll talk about it on our Pacon bit, which you can start seeing those episodes at only $3 a month. Perfect. Speaking of patrons, <gasps> it's time. Jessica Terry uh, <gasps> recently joined as a member of the Bacon Council. And one of the perks of a Bacon Council member is that I do a silly song parody for them. I don't know why <laughs> we decided to do this, especially since my vocal range is very baritone and you monotone. <laughs> this is your choice to do this. You are the one picking the songs I, and no, writing I, the lyrics. I know. And you came to us and told us you were a bit worried about this week's song. I did. This, this one's going to be tough. And you're so secretive. You, you're not like, hey, Zach, sing back up. Well, no, it's, it's more along the lines of like, I don't hear the feedback from the patrons uh, or from the people when I do these songs. They're mm-hmm. just kind of out there. They listen and whenever they want to. And so I want <laughs> to put it on an album and give you a review from yes. Rolling Stone. <laughs> yeah. But I want to have I want to have some sort of reaction. So I'm like, I like to surprise these guys. But Jessica Terry, I apologize in advance uh, for the song you're about to hear. This is your special patron song. Yeah. 
Jessica Terry from Idaho. Been here in Utah for a decade now or so. Now she's a patron, Bacon Council. With her here, rest assured, our time will not be dull. She got that smile so full of sunshine. Got that love for Michael Blue Blay and the hots for Justin Timberlake, of course. Ooh, I can't make up all these facts. Got them off her Facebook page. Please don't block me for my casual FB stock. And whether it's Psych or Disney Studios, she's got great taste in the shows that she shows. All of her friends, they already know. She's the greatest, she's the greatest, she's the greatest. Nothing but well wishes for you, yes, Jess, Jess, Jess. Hope you like a new nickname for you, the best Jess, Jess, Jess. Thank you for all the things that you do, you sweet Jess, Jess, Jess. And everybody knows it's juice to keep praising. Jessica Terry! She's the best, best, best Jessica Terry! She's the best, best, best. Come on! Woo! Nice! I don't know if you guys noticed, but I, I hit the high note, kind of. Kind of you yeah. did? <laughs> That was well, great. We didn't notice because we were rocking out over here. <laughs> two episodes in a row of uh, Kent and I just dancing. Thank you. It's, they're dancing, dancing songs. That's so. fun. That was like seven minutes. I mean, if you want to join the Bacon Council, you'll get a seven-minute song. No. In no, a no, no. right from Joel. Right around one minute. That's the best I can do. I'm actually, I'm feeling a little lightheaded after hearing that. I don't know how Justin Timberlake does it. Well, he does it. Thank you, Jessica, for doing what you do. I apologize if you don't like the nickname Jess. I know a lot of Jessicas don't, but it just fit the word so well. You gave her the best Jess. I know a few Jesses that may have an issue with that. Well, Jessica's. I don't know many Jesses. But that's not what we're talking about today, Kent. Uh, can we talk about that all night? No. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Zach? We are throwing it back to our childhood for some childhood favorites of ours that we're going to look back on. Why would we do that, Zach? Because we want to ruin those childhoods, Kent. I well, don't know. It's the test of time, once again. We're going to yeah. see how they hold up. And it's not just ours. It's not just Kent and Zach and I. We talked to Jacob. And we got one of his You've childhood talked favorites. You talked to Jacob lately? You talked to Jacob. I didn't talk to him. <laughs> yeah, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> and you had to send a carrier pigeon, but it yeah. worked. It took a few days. It does. It yeah. does. Yeah. He's not going to listen to this. It's okay. <laughs> um, but we, we we got one of his childhood favorites, too. So we, we, we each picked a childhood favorite. Yeah. And we threw them at the mercy of the other people of the court and said, watch this favorite from my childhood. See if it still holds up. This was a ridiculous idea from the very get-go, because when you say childhood favorite, I'm immediately going to say the never-ending story. You'd say something like Labyrinth or whatever. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to pick a movie that we watched so many times that we know probably won't stand the test of time, but one that we unapologetically watched as a child so many times. Yes, and also one that we hoped maybe the others hadn't seen. Yes. We're going a little bit hipster here. A little bit. So you guys are. Yeah, well, then that's thing Zach said... Well, he gave us our childhood, and I was like, I was like a teenager when that came out. Exactly. <laughs> well, now, let me ask you this question, guys. When you were watching these movies, did the, did the memories just flood back for you? Did you know the lines that were coming up? All the insecurity came back to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> grade school is pretty hard. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, was, it, it all was, came back. Like, obviously, my pick, I went into it knowing exactly what I was going to get into. Mm -hmm. And then one of the picks I'd never seen before, and I didn't realize that until I watched it. And then one of the picks, I didn't realize how well I knew it. Uh -huh. 
it wasn't until I started watching it that I was like, I know exactly what they're going to say and exactly what's going to happen at all times. And realized how ingrained yeah. this movie was in the back of my head, just waiting for another chance to come forward. Weird. <laughs> and it's going to be some weird movies. This is one of the most random movie episodes we've ever had yes. based on the choices we've made here. Not only that, Extremely. but normally we try to find a way for people to watch these movies. <laughs> It's going to be a kind difficult. of some ways. Yeah. YouTube is a wonderful resource for people who have old VHS. Tapes. It's like you're watching a VHS tape because it's directly it uploaded. Literally is uploaded as a VHS. You see the copy. blue play screen with the tracking and everything. If you're OK with like Portuguese subtitles sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> which is true. And I was. Yeah. I just love seeing like the was it pink or purple Walt Disney home video. Oh, it was, and I was like, yeah, I haven't seen this opening screen forever. I really liked a YouTube cut of a movie that had. Eight minutes of commercials oh before my it gosh. started. <laughs> yeah, it was already a short movie. And then I'm like, how long is it going to be with all these commercials? We should probably just jump we into it. We're already about talking it. about these So we're leading right into the movie I chose. Yes. So, yes. so uh, we're starting out with that. Introduce the movie that you selected and why you, you did. You brought it to the table, Kent. Bring it up. With shame. I mean, this isn't like last no, week. Last week was shame. I brought this up and I said, Joel, there's a movie I watched a lot, but I don't know if I, it, I want it to be my choice. And you said, no, that's got to be your movie. Yeah. Because I watched this one so many times and loved it. Like, as a kid, guffawed at this movie. Guffawed? Guffawed. Hmm. The movie is from 1986. And it is, <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face, My Pet Monster. Now, wait a minute, Kent. <laughs> yes. There was an animated series of My Pet Monster. You're not talking about that. Oh, heavens no. This fact, is the live action. Yeah, the animated series was 1987. It was based off of this movie, which kind was of. based off a toy. Yeah, so, the, okay, they came up with the toy of My Pet Monster, which was a, a plush toy. Yeah, American with, Greetings made it. It was made the same year as the movie, but it just took off and people yeah. loved it. Horns, blue fur, fanged smile, and then breakaway orange handcuffs. That were the size of children's wrists. Yeah. So they made it so kids could actually act like they were in handcuffs. Yeah, orange kind of weird. handcuffs that sure. broke apart, but yes. Yeah. So then they made that they had the the toy come out, mm -hmm. and they decided to make a live action direct to video, hour long. I believe this movie, movie. is called My Pet Monster Live Action Video Cassette. Yeah. yeah, probably. But it's only fifty five minutes long. Well, it's not fifty five minutes. No, long. it's it's your standard forty eight minutes with commercials or whatever it is. Oh, so yeah. because they had that's the, oh, there yeah. were commercial so, breaks. Through. So there were two commercials for Mad Balls. <laughs> yeah, before remember those two before yeah. and one after it was over. That's and right. There was a Haley Mills storybook, which I love seeing Haley Mills. Again. I was I was. I, I, I heard it. And I'm like, I know that voice. What is that voice? And but you then couldn't I, really you tell couldn't because it's so grainy. <laughs> I couldn't say. And then, it, like when it started closer, I was like, I'm watching the Parent Trap right now. <laughs> well, and I, I told my kids, I'm like, that's Miss Bliss. That's Miss Bliss. Pre Miss Bliss, up. right? Yeah, because this is 1986. Yeah, yeah, it was. So mm -hmm. yeah, post Parent Trap, pre Miss Bliss. Let me tell you about synopsis, and I want to talk about my memories with. We're the movie. going to have okay. So uh, full upfront, we are going to be spoiling these movies. We shouldn't. This we is should. Nolan level quality. <laughs> my we, pet monster but is we have that to. high. We have to spoil them because we need to explain what's happening. Otherwise, you're going to be completely lost. I'm going to need you to explain what was happening anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Snyder is a, <laughs> a historian who has spent many years trying to unlock the power of a statue. Wishes to capture Max for validation of his life's work. Are Does we that make to know sense? who these people are? <laughs> no. So there's this museum scientist doctor curator what he's is like he? an archaeologist yeah if who's you, like a cliche british stuffy if you've seen tommy boy do you guys remember the movie tommy boy yeah yes uh what is he in that movie he's the one who holds up and says i like the sticker on the box if there's no sticker on, on the, the box, box then that's not right. a guarantee he reminds me of the tall man from that's phantasm him. kind of yeah but yeah. he's the he's the bad guy in this movie 
And so this is directed by Timothy Bond, who did some Goosebumps TV episodes, some mm-hmm. episodes of Hercules Legendary Journeys, and some episodes of Sliders, starring Sonny Sliders. S- Besant Thrasher, Allison <laughs> Court, and Colin Fox. And Kelly Rowan. Oh, and Kelly Rowan, of she, course. I like how we're mentioning these names like people know who they are, but I actually did recognize Kelly Bowen from something else. And it has a 4.7 on IMDb. <laughs> So I gave that synopsis. It really has nothing to do with what the movie... Well, something. it has vaguely... No. A kid growing up in the 80s goes on a field trip. He's with his sister and he is... Kid with a bowl cut and He glasses. is so hungry. He is a straight up nerd. He's so hungry. <laughs> and then all of a sudden... Almost, almost as much as his brother is thirsty. Snyder is giving the tour at the museum for the field trip. Even though trip. he hates children and doesn't yes. want anything to do with it. And he's talking about these grotesque statues. Grotesque when I was a kid. Yeah. And he says... You know, it is told that these statues can possess the minds of those that they focus on or something. No, he says, he literally says, it's said that these statues can turn you you into a monster. monster. And they laugh. He's like, this is not a joke. (laughs) (laughs) And the kids all laugh at him. Yeah. So Max gets turned into my pet. I don't know why they call it my pet monster, but it gets turned into a monster. That didn't make any sense to me. It makes absolutely that, so no like sense. Like the tour, let's just go through the movie here because we have the time to talk about this movie. <laughs> the tour group leaves. He's just there by himself. Yeah. And then because, we don't know why, because the moon they, or for sun some reason is in a certain put a place. sunlight above it or something. And, it, and he's No, it's la- like a ritual sort of thing, it seemed like. It seemed like it, when the sun was a certain place in the sky, if it came through the light and hit the statue. Well, and the fact that he was eating an apple in the museum and his stomach was gurgling really, really loud because yeah. the sound editing in this movie is atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> and so he immediately, this movie wastes like no... That kid? Yeah. That kid who wasn't hungry, he has like, I don't know, like a, a parasite. There is a huge parasite. It's, yeah, it's alien in there. But this movie wastes no time. It turns him into a monster immediately. And thank goodness, because that's when the movie really takes off. And when you say (laughs) turned him into a monster, Uh let's talk about that for a moment. A a little person in a fuzzy costume? It was probably him. I honestly think... No, it wasn't. You don't think it was the kid? It wasn't. I looked. Oh. It was was a little person in a costume. It it looked like it turned him into a person in a costume. Yeah. And that's what it was. There was no realism of trying to be a monster here. So when he would talk, it would be the kid voice, but the mouth would kind of go... The mouth would sometimes move when he talked Mm -hmm. and sometimes not move when he talked. Yeah. They were really inconsistent. Bad Muppets. But didn't you think like the laser effects for the transformations were cool and you could see the skeleton inside? Yeah, it's like it's like I'm being totally facetious right now. As a kid, seeing him get zapped and like you see his skeleton, the drawing of the skeleton animated on him, I was like, Oh wow, cool. Watching as an adult, (laughs) I was like, Wow, that's really cheap. Like (laughs) Really cheap. This was Blink, the Doctor Who episode of Blink before Blink was ever a thing. This instilled a fear of statues. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Do you I, not wonder, s- I wonder where you were going with that. Speaking of the statues, I have to mention I, what I think is probably my favorite part. And it's right before he, uh, the museum guy tells the kids about the statues. He is this stuffy guy. He's cleaning up after them when they're trying to eat the food. And he walks over in front of the group. And he does the cutest little hop over the like the barrier yeah, the little velvet rope thing he just is just cute little bloop, and i'm back to being grumpy and then he walks away and, bloop, and i'm back over here to being grumpy it was, it was, it was the, the i choice, laughed yeah. for 10 minutes i don't know what my favorite that. part was when he kidnapped the monster and his sister and then he went out so this is snyder went to the bus driver who was meant to take the kids back to school and said you know what max is feeling a little bit sick max and his sister will not be able to go back to school i'll just send him home and i'm like you know this wouldn't really fly nope. at any point no 
No, back then it was the 80s. They didn't sure. care. <laughs> sure, oh, whatever, dude. Some weird old man that works in a museum will take care of these kids? Sure. Can we nope. talk about the world's worst B-plot? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> With a show poodle? <laughs> well, that's in two of these movies, basically. <laughs> that's true. Well, okay. But I, I want to bring this up, though, Kent. Like, I, I started watching this video. And I was like, yeah, I remember watching this. As, I remember watching this. Yeah. But I didn't want, think I watched it that much. But it started up, and I was like, they're going to have green drinks at breakfast. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh, it was and, fading and back. All of a sudden, it all started flooding back to me to the point where lines would start happening. And there's, in fact, you knew that line. Tippy the poodle would fall that that moment. That pa- yeah, yeah. When yeah. she saw the monster, but there was even one line when he says, "Well, you have to pay it," and the girl goes, "Put it on my tab." And he goes, "Oh, that for some reason, every time I've heard a tab, I think about that line. No, and I don't weird. know why. And I didn't know it was from this movie. I thought it was from the world's richest cat or some other Disney Sunday movie. It's my pet monster. It was my pet monster. <laughs> and there was a couple lines like that where I was like, this is so, so familiar to me. Eerily so. It was weird how familiar this movie was. To so me. there is this B plot with their older brother who was also helping to hide Max, even though Max kind of walked around in public as a monster and it didn't really matter. Well, we he got on his knees and was definitely acting like a dog. Wait, wait, wait. Guys, 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 guys. We have to pull it back for people okay. who haven't seen this movie, okay? Everyone's so, seen this movie, obviously. <laughs> go on YouTube, watch it right now. 55 minutes later, you'll be fine. Kind of. So he turns into a monster. But then he also turns back into a kid and then back into a monster yeah. and then back of the kid throughout the movie. He like hulks out. Like if he gets hungry, he will turn. Except hmm. why does he turn back into a kid? Because the plot demands it. There's no reason. Because of the movie, like, Joel. In any sort of logical movie, it's like, oh, if you're hungry, you turn into this monster. Therefore, if we feed you, you'll turn back. And so they'll give him food. Not once in this movie does I think he e- the kid ever gets food. No. In my fan fiction, he ate a dog. He eats dogs. What? And that's how he becomes a child again. You're my pet monster fan fiction. <laughs> yes. No movie has the same set of monster rules as, as robust as Gremlins. But it I, just can't happen. I spent the whole movie trying to figure out what makes him turn back into a boy. Because he'll he'll be a boy or he'll be a monster depending on what they need. Mm-hmm. Or what you know whatever drives the plot. Like he should be a monster and he can't be because he's a boy. Right. And I'm like, he doesn't eat. He keeps trying to eat the whole show and they keep interrupting him. And then he turns into the monster and then he turns back into a boy without ever eating anything and, and getting rid yeah. of that hunger. I've had a few girlfriends that turn into monsters when they're hungry. So, <laughs> hey, yo. But uh-huh. like Zach said, the A plot is Snyder chasing after this monster and he wants to be famous. He wants to finally be proven right. But the B plot is all about the older brother who, by the way, he's dating this girl who I basically, when I was this age watching this movie, I thought she was like 40. Still watching it today, I felt like she was 40. You know why? <laughs> because why are they dressing like 40-year-olds? Yes. Why They're are yuppies. they wearing They're yuppie kids. big shoulder padded Family ties was huge. And, they wanted oh Michael J. Fox gosh. vibes. So the, this poodle gets really scared, and it is a prize-winning poodle for three years straight. Yeah. And so it gets scared, and she's the, the girlfriend says, hey, you better go get it groomed because there's another competition coming no, up. No, no, no. You missed the very important. It gets scared. Therefore, it's perm falls out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Immediately. <laughs> this poodle's hair goes straight because she's scared. And this is the funniest shot in any of these movies. When the poodle gets scared by Max, the monster, they just do like a reverse shot of a poodle getting up from the ground. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> they just reverse it and put it down. Oh, and man. I've watched it three times. The sound effects. <laughs> the sound effects of yeah. this movie. Like just the poodle falling down or something like that. But also the transitions. Every time they do a transition, they do this kind of weird whoop, whoop, Yeah, they flip this it around. weird whoopy noise. I don't it's know like, what to call it. It's like it, your it was iMovie the 80s. defaults. But it, it's, it just seems so unnecessary. Also, the soundtrack, 
I don't think they were watching the movie when they made the soundtrack. No. When they put in the Monster Mash? (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm pretty sure they did unlicensed. The movie starts out with an unlicensed version of the Monster Mash and an 8-bit cartoon of of like the happenings of the movie. Yes. And they take out the word graveyard. So that's like, it wasn't, it was a graveyard smash. They just say, it was a smash. Really? It's weird. Graveyard was too intense for kids. That's how they did. So in the B plot, there are these two con men who work at this like low budget pet grooming store but really they have these big plans and these guys are real wise guys you know they have big plans what are their names like Stu and Stu and Carl yep (laughs) Carl's cuts yeah so they want to steal this prize winning poodle would you believe it can't can I explain can I describe these guys to you yeah of course if you've ever seen bumbling idiot crooks in a movie it's picture that but with jersey accents and worse acting yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Very That's what it was. So their plan is to steal this poodle, and conveniently, it is brought into their shop, right? Because the the boyfriend is trying to save some money. I'm seeing so many parallels between another but, movie right now. But here's what's great about it: they're like, we're going to take this to a local competition, win twenty thousand dollars, hopefully twenty thousand by the local dog show. Local dog show. And apparently you don't need papers or anything to bring a dog that everyone's seen for many Wait, years. I still cannot figure out how they thought. And this this is obviously me well, it's, think, it's overthinking it. Kids 80s movie logic. Yeah, but they're stealing a dog that was supposed to go to the show and then taking it to the exact same where show. Where the owners will be where there. Where the owners will be there. Joel, they changed the dog's name. Come on. They and they did. made it pink. They did. And they, they made the dog pink. Pink poodle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which still won. What? <laughs> no, it won as soon as it went on. It was like, competition's over. Now we uh, can bring it back to what we were talking about before. Yeah. Is that Max, when he turns into the monster, my pet monster, he well, he gets on all fours at some point, and they, the, the bumbling idiots think he's a dog. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's ridiculous, but they're stupid, whatever. Granted, they did. Uh, he's blue fur. Blue fur, but they horns, dyed fangs. The pink, so. But then when he goes to the dog show and gets on all fours, everybody thinks he's a dog. Mm-hmm. And it's not until he gets and picks up a truck, like he, he pulls a truck and get, okay. keeps it from getting away. They're like, that's not a dog. It's a monster. Okay, that's the part. When I was a kid, I was dying of laughter because you have the monster pulling the truck back and skidding in. Can I run over real quick some of the monster's powers? When you're one of these ancient Aztec monsters or whatever they were, I don't know if they were Aztec. Because the sister yells multiple times, he has monster powers. So that gives you super strength. Of course. It gives you super hearing. The super sight was amazing. It gives you super sight so you can see farther. Bouncy jumping. Reading imprints on paper. If Uh someone had written something, you could see what they wrote by looking at the paper below it, which you can also do with the side of a pencil if you, you know, kind of brush it on there. Super speed and recognizing dogs (laughs) because he was able to look across the way and say, That's what was her name? Tiki? Yeah. Fifi? What was her name? Tippy. Tippy. Yeah. He looked across the way and did the supervision and goes, That's Tippy, all right. Yeah. And why does he not have his own trilogy in the MCU? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> At this point, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So this movie, right? It's pretty silly. Obviously, the people get their dog back. They get their prize money back. And the boyfriend and girlfriend are, are happy again. And these two guys are sent to prison, kind of. Do they ever explain that? But the thing know. is, 
the the ending does not fit the movie at all because you have no. Snyder back at the museum. And by the way, he this is after he's been trampled up by dogs. And by that, I mean he grabbed dogs by the neck and rolled them on him in that scene. Yeah, he's like, you come could, play with me. They come. weren't trained. He just rolled them on him. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to think of But he's back at the museum him. and he's like, I can't believe I didn't get the monster that I needed. And then all of a sudden, there are two more statues of these monsters. And by the way, when you're the age I was watching this movie, you're creeped out. Yeah. And it's dark in the museum. Then all of a sudden, the sun, the sun shines. The moon. It was, it was the moon, the moon shines. Yeah, the moon at that part. And then all of a sudden, the lasers come through and the tall, the giant monster... The red one possesses him, and it we ends, don't know. Well, it ends in a creep show style ending where it's freeze frame. Yeah, because like he said, he starts laughing like, "Oh, I'm gonna get to turn into a monster," and then it freeze frames before he actually turns into a monster. Yes, so we don't know. Oh, we know. Also, they never resolve anything with Max. We don't know why he changes into the monster or why he changes back, and they don't. If fix it will it ever go away or solve it, yeah, you can tell it was just designed to be the start of a series that never went anywhere it was literally the end on a cliffhanger and i was like nothing they never did the reason i love this movie so much and why i chose it is i remember i don't remember what grade it was maybe third or fourth but i probably third i begged my teacher i said hey i know sometimes we get to watch movies and sometimes they're educational sometimes not so much i have a video cassette and it's my pet monster and it's really short could we please watch this and after begging a lot, she allowed this to be watched in my class. And it was like a crowning achievement for me. Wow. Did, did, did other students like it? Did oh, they loved it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it, it, you don't have to think. It's fun. Yeah. All right. So, so are we so moving did into you reviews? guys love it? So we're adults <laughs> now. We're I adults. guess. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Zach, you'd never seen this. I'd never seen this, never heard of it. Did you um, know of My Pet Monster, the toy or the no, cartoon? No, I didn't know anything about it. It's a cool it. toy. But it's but like what? evil Teddy Ruxpin. I should clarify, yeah, in the cartoon... The monster's actually a monster. Max is the boy, yeah. and the monster's the monster. And like when he puts on the orange handcuffs, he turns into a plush toy. When mm-hmm. he takes him off, he turns into a monster. Mm-hmm. And so it was like a completely different story from the movie. Yeah. If I'm looking at this as an adult, it's just the worst. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's absolutely terrible. But I tried to, to kind of look through it in the eyes of like a five-year-old or a young kid. And there are moments in here that are just classic you know, kids movie fun. Like when they're, they're in the alleyway and, and uh, Snyder's chasing after him. And for some reason he starts climbing up a ladder and then they're over in a different area and he <laughs> yeah. rolls down and falls into again, for some reason, a dumpster almost completely full of water. Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> they which brought away the, nine, we, don't, we don't know if it's full of water, tons. but he rolls off and falls into a dumpster. And, and then like two seconds, and then two seconds later, it splashes splash out. out there. I'm like, how deep is that dumpster? <laughs> it's awesome. The movie basically is that garbage juice that they splashed out it of the oh, No, 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 no. <laughs> I, uh, I had multiple times that I was laughing at its expense. I found it entertaining. But honestly, if it, if the question is, does it hold up? I bet you if, like, like I said, like a five, six-year-old kid watched it right now on YouTube, I think they'd like it and have fun. Even with the bad effects from those from back in that day. My kids enjoyed it. They did. Some more than others. Okay. Like, the younger kids definitely thought it was more, but I was watching them and they were laughing at certain parts. No way. Some parts were funny. They they were they were getting into it, but I did ask them after what you think. They're like, that was weird. That's that's <laughs> all they'd say, and I'm like, what? That's not a thing. But during the movie, I noticed they were enjoying it. Yeah, I think there's there's enjoyment to be had. Yeah, there is. I enjoyed watching it because I haven't seen it since I was that age. Mm-hmm. So this is a movie I completely forgot about until this show idea. <laughs> so glad I watched it again. It is t- absolutely terrible, but I can see why I loved it. I'm just so far removed from that. All right. Let's jump to the next one then. This was my pick from 1987. So a year after that, Kent, I chose one of the Disney Sunday movies, which if you don't know what Disney Sunday movie was, uh, it was a thing on Sundays. Disney would have this thing where they'd, they'd make a made for TV movie. It was mm-hmm. this big event. Where was you this go watch every it. week? 
I think it was. Because I saw this was like season 31, episode five. Yeah, it was like Sunday movies. I mean, it was the magical world, a wonderful world of Disney. And then it was Disney Sunday movie. And then I can't remember. It it is shocking to think that they produce these that regularly. So many. But then you look at what's on Disney Channel today. Well, I look at these. I don't know anything about that. Like, I don't know about Disney Sunday movies. But it seems to me that this became what I did see, which is the Disney Channel original movies. That's kind of what That were monthly releases. This this is like the grandfather to that. Yeah. Not even that. Because in the 80s, it had already been around for a while. Because they were doing wonderful world of Disney before that. So I chose Double Switch. What? Double Switch. Yeah. This was one of those movies that we watched so regularly in my house. It was you know, VHS type that was almost always in the player. Uh, here's the synopsis. It's long because it's IMDb. Teeny bopper rock star Bart Holton is pushed around by his manager for maximum profit and longs for a normal life. Through a lookalike contest, he meets Matt, <laughs> Matthew Bundy, a student who looks exactly like him and can imitate his dancing style perfectly. Bart proposes to switch roles for a week. At first, Matt enjoys being chased by hysterical groupies, and Bart enjoys hitting on the high school girls. But of course, they both learn quickly that the other's life is quite different from what they'd expected. And this stars uh, George Newbern, who I always used to get confused with Paul Rudd. Yeah, this is Kirkland Paul Rudd. Kirkland it Paul is. Rudd. He was the he was the the fiance in Father, Father of the Bride. Of the Bride. That's the Father only Bride thing too. I know him from. Uh, Adventures uh, in Babysitting as well. Yeah, he's and, in that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he's also the voice of Superman in a lot of the Justice. Yeah, a ton of new stuff. Yeah, yeah. and Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts. And also in this movie, right. Elizabeth Shue. Which is why he chose it, From right? Karate Kid. Thank you. She's great. I, I asked these guys. I had a couple movies, and I just asked them. Elizabeth Shue, or Heather Graham was the other one I was mm-hmm. asking about. And you guys said, Elizabeth Shue, definitely. Ultimate 80s girl next door. This is three years after she did The Karate Kid. She did this movie. Two years before Back to the Future Part 2. And this was the same year as Adventures in Babysitting. This she had a, a good ring, a string there. Well, is this movie a good string? This is like no, kind of outside of this. Yeah, this is slumming it for <laughs> but Elizabeth Shue back also then. A theatrical release. Yeah. It's so much fun. Her character is basically nothing. So this is a, this be is a modern day adaptation of Prince and the Pauper. It's yeah. these two people who look alike who end up switching roles with each other. Matt Bundy wears glasses. Bartholomew, the Bartholomew rock star, okay, okay. Bart. He's the biggest thing in rock and roll, and his name is Bartholomew. <laughs> Dude, that poster, I wanted that poster. It's Standalone cool. Bartholomew. It looks so cool. Standalone. Hey, wasn't that the name of Jacob's book? It was. Yeah. I mean, he had to get it from Double Switch. He probably did. <laughs> the, port, the subtitles we mentioned were in Portuguese on this copy that we had, because this one was a little harder to find. It used to be on YouTube. Now I could only find it for like purchase on DVD. It was like $50 for a collector's DVD, but... Yeah, we found Which it. We found not it. worth it. Uh, I, I was going to say, we ha- we still have our VHS copy of this in a number of uh, Disney Sunday movies. Uh, but the one we watched, there was subtitle in Portuguese. <laughs> this movie is the one that made me realize that maybe a celebrity's life isn't as cool as I thought it was going to be. This is the one. That's the lesson, man. Yeah, that's the lesson. They can't go anywhere. They live in a bubble, and they can't, they can't go anywhere without getting mobbed by women, which also this is the same movie that taught me that maybe that wouldn't be so fun, Kent. It really? Because it seemed pretty fun. No, at one point he's like, I can't breathe. And they start like tackling him and ripping Seems at pretty him. fun to me. Yeah, straight up assault is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies. Um, but this is another one where I found phrases in this movie that I have used in life and on bacon sale. Like, there, I, it, I check me on this, but at some point in past bacon sale, I, I bet I said, that's true, Daryl, because of a stupid line of this movie that stuck in my head. And I now say it. Or okie dokie, here we go. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Ridiculous things. But I loved this movie. And watching it as an adult, the intro starts. And it just starts with this guitar line. It's classic 80s intro. And I, I was in. I was right back to my childhood. And maybe I have watched this one a couple times since my childhood. Okay, sue me. But this movie, from the beginning, I was fully in because I love the soundtrack. I love the movie. 
I still love it. It's so much fun. <laughs> what I like is the dichotomy between Matt, uh, Bartholomew's life where he has these managers. He has like an agent who's really slimy. Won't let yeah, him talk Simon. to his mom. And yeah. he has his Simon uh, where they yeah. constantly say Simon, Simon says. says. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's totally there. In, they're in the joke. On and that. then Matthew's life is it's kind of like 1950s. My three sons sort of thing where he, the parents are so old fashioned. And well, that's they, exactly they what watch, Bartholomew he thinks wants. it's that way. But then his mom is a working mom and like he gets there and like she's not making breakfast for him and his sister hates him. And the dad is a cliche because at one point he says, Matthew, it's 1 a.m. Do you know where your brain is? And I was like, that's so good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You've used that. You're going to use that. I'm going to use it now. Well, and I, you mentioned the music when they're focusing on Bart, Bart, Bartholomew's life. It's that classic 80s, really heavy synth. But then when they focus, especially when they make the switch, when they focus on Matt's life, yeah. it's very classic. Like, it might as well be a 70s game show theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. It's like, it's like the Father's Knows Best. Father like Knows Beaver, Best. Kind yeah. of a little just a soundtrack to it. It's uh, So they kind of show that journey with the music, which I thought was pretty cool. So once again, there's the scene I really liked where Matthew, who is like awestruck at everything happening when he feel, when everyone thinks he's the rock star, and he's meant to judge some dancers for his next music video, me for his brother. next tour. Yeah, me, me and my brothers used to be trying pick which girl was our girlfriend when we were kids. Of course like, did. That's my girlfriend. So these no, are all, I call her. You know those like 80s fitness videos where yeah. it's, like, it's it's basically that style like of dancing. The, the spandex leotard with the high like the high cut waist and the white belts. And once again, as a kid watching this or now, everyone looks 40. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. And I'm like 40, but why does 40 seem so old? How old? How old is Matt supposed to be in this movie, guys? Matt and he's Bart. In, he's in high school. They're in high school. Yeah. They're seniors, I think. Do so they they're look like, like they're in high school? No. He's 23 when they did this movie. Oh, see, that's not too bad compared he's to like got how a little bit teen of, movies now. He's got a little bit of a baby face. Yeah, he does. But at the same time, I remember being like, that's not a high school. I do like. love that they do Prince and the Popper, but like with the Clark Kent Superman look. Which is funny because he ended up playing Superman later on. Yeah. But yeah, they put him it's the like glasses. glasses, a little bit of uh, Must of the fluffy hair. hair. And that's that's it. That's and all they can't it changes. Tell, and it's funny how they like they can't tell they look alike until he takes off the glass and they're like, oh, hey. He kind of looks like you. It's the same person. That's what it's I was, a split screen. Same person. <laughs> when I looked at it, I'm like, wait a minute. So he's never been recognized once ever until now. What? He wears it, glasses. Is this the best adaptation of Prince and the Pauper? <laughs> I would say yes. Probably. Really? I would say yes. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it's a real TV what about version that Lizzie of McGuire Prince and the Pauper. The Lizzie I McGuire one. The Lizzie McGuire movie. That's a Prince and the Pauper story. It's probably better than this. I've never seen it. Parent Trap's kind of a Prince and the Pauper story. Mm. Kind of. Because she's rich and, and she's country and they switch places. Bit. I can see that. Yeah. The, okay. These uh, swapping movies, when you swap yeah. lives with a twin, did they ever stress you guys out? Well, yes, because there's even a scene in this one where, once again, Matthew is like there in his big ritzy hotel and everyone's like, hey, sing happy birthday. But he can't no, sing. No, he says sing a song. Sing a song. That's what it is. But he doesn't <laughs> know how to sing. give me what you gave me last year? I thought we were getting risque. <laughs> it kind of was. Well, they try, they lead you to believe that. And she's like, uh, when I want something, I get to. But there was a I moment of suspense now. where I'm like, he doesn't know how to sing. What's he going to yeah, do? He has no musical talent. And this... he just did this apathetic happy birthday song. So, so question for you guys. Would you rather be a rock star or be in a relationship with Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> That's the choice. Yeah. Um, if you are one of those things, you probably have that, the nope, other. Can we the, all agree that Elizabeth Shue is absolutely adorable in this movie? Like 80s queen. Yeah. She's wonderful. So it's, the, by the way, the answer is Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, same. 100%. I'd be rock yeah. star. Really? Oh, what? You saw how tough life was. Then I could say I want no green Skittles. Or green M&M's. That's what <laughs> green I want. You wouldn't yeah. be able to talk to your mom for six months. Jelly beans. Jelly well, beans? That, that, it's a different kind of rock style life. No, okay, but I was going to say, what always stresses me out about these uh, swapping movies, when you swap places with someone else, even Quantum Leap, it, it stressed me out. Oh, I'm boy. like, if that happened to me, 
I wouldn't know where my house is. I wouldn't know where my room is. I wouldn't know who my friends are. Well, like, they explore that. Okay, have you had those nightmares where you're back in school and you're like, what classes do I have? Yeah. Where do I need to go? That happens in this movie. And I'm like, that is really stressful. Yeah. Well, the first, he loses his schedule. And they, he says, they, give, they give each other a schedule. I was in follow. an accident. What are my actual classes? Because yeah. he wants to live a normal life. A trash compactor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, trash actually, compactor. Yeah, I actually accident. liked that exchange with the lady that he's like, well, how did it happen? The accident. He's like, what accident? And he walks away. And I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. I liked uh, when he when Bart first comes home as as Matthew, he kind of gets in trouble with his dad, and then they're like, "Go to bed." And he like walks over to like a random closet <laughs> full of skis. Yeah, you're making what, this movie sound more funny than it actually it is. is. Funny. I laughed multiple times, and I could even move into my review but if then you wanted. His dad wants him to play chess, and he doesn't know how to play chess, <gasps> and he sneezes. I died laughing on that one. When he, so they were playing a game of chess as a family collectively for like five months. Yeah. yeah. And they were like slowly making these very strategic moves. And because Bartholomew is now playing and has no idea, he just sneezes and blows the game apart. And his dad just looks so devastated. It's a good move. This is also the movie that taught me that you can't really forget how to ride a bike. Because at one point he's like, yeah, ride your bike. And he's like, if I remember how. And I was and my family laughed. And I'm like, why do you laugh? And like, you can't forget how to ride a bike. And he doesn't know how to ride a bike, but yeah. he does learn pretty well to get on that montage with Elizabeth Shue. I would, montage. I would do the same. It was a little <laughs> bit weird that these two guys who look exactly the same fell in love with the same girl. And then the one who actually had the feelings or established a connection didn't end up with her. Didn't establish it. He made the first <clears throat> move, I think is what it is. Well, first move. But then there was actual connection between these two totally different people. Yeah, he's he's like, style. we still look alike. So you, you continue this. <laughs> but also a guy that looks like just like me was really, really rude to you. But let's keep dating. <laughs> you guys, by the way, it, it's weird to me that his name is Matthew Bundy. Because this was like right just before like yeah. Ted Bundy got executed. Yeah. I remember, I remember there was a connection there in my mind, at least as a kid, of like, Ted Bundy and Matthew Bundy. Well, obviously their naming choices were not very wise here because Bartholomew, the biggest thing in rock and roll. I I don't know why. It's because I watched it as a kid, but I was like totally into Bartholomew's cool name. (laughs) I was like, it's a cool name, man. My theory is that he was supposed to be British, but the uh, actor couldn't pull off the accent. That might be true. Because Simon had an accent. Yeah, Simon has an accent. If you, oh, my name is Bartholomew. I'm the biggest thing in pop rock, whatever. It makes a little bit more sense. I still like George Newbern. I think, I think no, he does a great job. I think he's really good in this I, movie. I think Paul Rudd stole his career, honestly. Yeah. What do you think of the, uh, by the way, little sister, the Emily? A typical eh, little sister. It was like the, you know, the, the smart little sister that catches on really quick and uses it to her own advantage. Yeah. Eh. Eh. Just eh? Yeah. I thought she was, I thought, I like how she, clever she is, how she's a jerk, but then she kind of like has a heart too. <laughs> I like how she, she starts to quiz him, right? She's like, where does Uncle Bob live? And he doesn't know. Yeah. And then he tries, he tries to prove to, to his that. parents, ask me, ask me where Uncle Bob lives. Where does Uncle Bob live? I don't know. And that's his, I like, <laughs> see, that's good comedy. See, I wonder if this movie preceded or followed uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun because there are so many elements of the movies that I feel like this one stole from Girls Just Want to Have Fun as far as like the chase when and getting to where you need to be and sneaking out. I enjoyed this movie a lot, actually. I think there's a lot of um, fun that I had. Her. Okay. I laughed a lot, but this is the most cliche Oh, by the numbers. It is. This but is heartwarming can, cliche. You can guess every single thing. And so therefore, I don't know. You're kind of like, yep, yeah, it turned out how I hoped. Yeah, yeah throw you for a loop. And I, I did enjoy it. Like, I like how both of them are content and discontent in their lives. Like, for a while there, Bart was happy in the normal life. And then for a while there, Matt was really happy in the celebrity yeah. life. But they keep going back and forth and never match up. But when they're both happy or unhappy at the same time. And it seemed like up until the end, they were both kind of terrible people at being, playing this other life. Somehow they found happiness in the end. Mm-hmm. Somehow, because the movie needed to wrap up after 90 minutes. 
Can I ask you guys if uh, you were struck in the heart as much as I were at the part when he disses his mom uh, unintentionally? Oh, yeah. When she comes in and gives him a hug and he doesn't know who she is, she's like, hey, aren't you a little old to be a groupie? And she walks off all heartbroken. Oh, yeah. And I was like, and the, and the bodyguard, Jake, is like, you get back over there and you apologize to your mother. I will kick your butt around the block. And he's like, that's my mother? And I felt so bad for the mom. So bad for her. And that's I still, adorable. It happened again and I was like, oh, here it comes. So Ouch. is this a Hilton family favorite? Uh, or is my, this a Joel family favorite? This this is my, my like, when I was younger, family mm-hmm. favorite. My kids haven't grown the same love of it as much, but... I don't know. I, I love the soundtrack. I love the movie. Have, have either of you seen this before? Nope. I probably did because I watched the Disney Sunday movies all the time. Yeah. It looked familiar just because it feels like a lot of other movies. Yeah. I thought the rock numbers were really cool, too. They were cool. I enjoy them. Like That's, His performance is fun. Yeah. It's fun to watch. So there you go. Next up is me. So I struggled with this one a little bit because um, with my situation growing up, uh, I was the oldest kid. My parents had me kind of young, and so we... Ended up watching just the movies that they wanted to watch. So I didn't really watch a lot of like family movies or kid movies. Like I watched normal theatrical releases and stuff like that. I didn't have a ton that was just for me. Uh, There was some Disney stuff. There was like, I watched 101 Dalmatians until the tape broke. But one that I decided to go with is a movie that I didn't realize how many times I had seen. I actually asked my parents, what did I watch all the time? And they finally decided it was 1992's Beethoven. Dun, 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 dun. So we finally got to a movie that people know. We yes. finally got to a movie that was released in theaters. It was yes. a theatrical release. This is our only theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. In the entire list mm-hmm. of our four movies. And the summary is, a slobbering St. Bernard becomes the center of attention for a loving family, but must contend with a dog-napping veterinarian and his henchmen. Now, <laughs> vets were not happy about that. Yeah. Veterinarians actually started a petition because they were so appalled that there was an evil veterinarian in this movie, which seems weird to me, yeah. I guess, that uh, they would get so upset about that. This one does have a pretty stellar cast. I was going to say, the cast in this is really good. Yeah, Charles we have like Grodin, Bonnie Hunt. The you kid can stop from, there. The kid from Step by Step. Stanley Tucci, Oliver the Platt. The girl from The Nanny. Dean Jones, the the gr- David Duchovny, Patricia yeah. Heaton, uh, Dean Jones, who was in so many Disney movies back in the day, is like this lovable dad. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you've seen an old live action Disney movie, you've seen Dean Jones. Is the villain in this movie? Yeah. and I thought it was a great turn. I was actually kind of scared by him, yeah. because of that. Because I, I trusted him so much, and I saw him in this. And I'm like, he's a bad guy. Really? Let's pull that back though for a second. I was shocked to see Stanley Tucci as a bumbling yeah. sidekick in this one, and then Oliver Platt. I thought was funny. Half side, he lit. The- I, I want to point this out because there are some similarities in this and my pet monster. Yeah, there are with the dog kennel and the two bumbling fools who are dealing with dogs. The two idiots, uh, Stu and Carl, in My Pet Monster, were cringeworthy, kind of like chewing the scenery horrible. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed watching Oliver Platt and Stanley Chucci be these lisping buffoons. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't think they were in it enough because the plot seemed like it was right at the beginning for the first like six, seven minutes. Like, I forgot hard. the total intro of yeah. Beethoven. Mm-hmm. I thought Beethoven was just Charles Grodin, who, by the way, is You like, thought Beethoven was Charles Grodin? Yeah, yeah. He turned into a dog? <laughs> it's it's Jackie, Jackie Dog. dog. I thought, you know, because Charles Grodin is annoyed in all the movies in the 90s. Like yes. we have Clifford, Problem Child, and... His uh, brief time in So I Married an Axe Murderer. By yeah. the way, the director, Brian Levin, is the same one who did Problem Child 2, The Flintstones, and Jingle All the Way. Right. But I just thought it was Charles Grodin being annoyed at a big dog. And I totally forgot about this dog napping, which doesn't really make a lot of sense Not in context. All. Because the Wait, beginning, that sense? Well, the beginning of the movie, Dean Jones is like, find me puppies. And it's so like, these is he to experiment on to experiment on 
Years pass because Beethoven grows from that point. Not years. No. Maybe a year. St. Bernard's would grow to that size in two months, three That's months. That's a nightmare. Yeah. And so now they are looking for just still whatever dogs and... Well, because he, he needs them for chemical experience and, and weapons experiments, stuff like that. Yeah, that was really explained clearly. Hey, uh, Zach. Yeah. Did you get a strong Kent vibe from Charles Grodin's character, George? Oh, my <laughs> word. He hated everything. Did you? Because I sure did. My Unbelievable. Dog slobber. They drool. They it's eat stuff. I really hate my this dog. My favorite moment of the entire movie, and the, a line that my family all still quotes, is when he gets, I got dog drool on my pants. How am I supposed to go to work with dog drool on my Just pants? change your pants, I'm going to have to change my pants. If I change my pants, I have to change my shirt. If Just I change, change my your shirt, pants, I have George. to change my jacket. If I have to change my shoes, I have to change my socks. He really Just didn't have to. Pants, it was a white George. shirt. Just change your pants, George. Yeah. Oh, I love Bonnie Hunt. Oh, by the I way, I absolutely love Bonnie Hunt in in almost every role she's in. She's, this one's she's great, really fantastic. Great. She uh, Charles Gordon's fifty six in this movie. She's twenty nine. Yeah. What? Yeah. Mm. What? Yeah. They never Charles make mention Grodin of it. Charles Gordon is like eighty five years old right now. I'm not kidding. I looked that up. He's in his eighties. I thought he was just weathered. <laughs> what <laughs> from dogs? By the way, did you guys see who wrote this movie? Yeah. John oh, Hughes. No, 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 no. Pause. Yes, you're about to say it. The writer of this is... Go ahead, Ken. One of the writers. Well, it's John Hughes but as... Edmund Dantes <laughs> from The Count of Monte Cristo. He had a pseudonym from The Count of Monte Cristo when he wrote this movie. Why was he trying to hide that he was associated with, with Beethoven? That he, John Hughes wrote under that pseudonym on his work that he knew was not as strong. Yeah. And uh, movies that took place outside of Illinois as but well. But this did quite well. Budget of $18 million, it made $147 pretty million. dollars. I do have something from the parents' guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, oh, probably no. under gore. Uh, but oh, the, gore. the worst scene in Beethoven is toward the end of the movie when a little dog bites the evil veterinarian in the groin for about five painful minutes. He really is there for a long time. See, I wouldn't say that was the most uh, worthy. I didn't want to get to the other part. Which no, was, there's the part when Beethoven spoons Charles Grodin in the bed. It's awkward. Can I give the line that Charles Grodin says to Beethoven? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> I saw that today and I was like, Wow, I, well, it's is, a kids movie. It was weird. It was weird to hear him say that and just be like, "This is a kids movie." There was a couple in there. I laughed for a while when they were talking about naming the dog. There's yeah, a yeah. pretty good joke in there that they really pound home. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, here's there's a joke. If Casey didn't get it, that's what we call Uncle Richard. Yeah. Well, at one point they wanted to name him MC Hammer, so that's not dated. And Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they're arguing over that. Yeah. MC Hammer, Ultimate, Ultimate Warrior. Warrior, MC Hammer. Uh, by the way, this film, like it was a huge success, like an unexpected success. Yeah. It was followed by four sequels and three standalone movies. One of those sequels, Beethoven's Second, was also released in theaters and, and did only, quite yeah. well. It's the only legit What happened one. then? Because so you have Charles Grodin in the family for the first two and then Judge Reinhold takes over for the next couple. It's like Home Alone. You get to a point. It's just like, just throw someone else in there. So, but then they get Beethoven. What happened? Hey, they're all Beethoven. All St. Bernard's. I, I can imagine how many St. Bernard's got the name Beethoven after this movie. <laughs> if I got true. one, I would have to. So yeah. this movie is 87 minutes long. Zach, I'm sad to say it felt like two and a half hours to me. Really? really? It, he like, hates dogs. I enjoyed a lot of the movie, but a lot of the whole dog napping plot, which I just watched in My Pet Monster. <laughs> yeah. It really extended the movie to me. And then there was a moment where the son has a Pascal type moment where the son drives into this laboratory. Oh, Pascal from Tangled. Yes. And then all of a sudden he hits all these syringes, which have chemicals in them. They go into the heart of Dean Jones, the villain of the movie. All over his chest. It's like like 15 syringes. And the kid says, cool. (laughs) I was like, you probably just killed him. He didn't because the guy went to jail. 
But yeah. it looks like he just he didn't push them all in. Well, he didn't push them in. But even then, wouldn't all those syringes like puncture vital yes, organs? Into his acupuncture, Joel. <laughs> that deep? Uh, by the way, I thought Kent was going to give a much more glowing review of this. Because this is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's film debut. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> you, you blink and you miss him, He is though. the kid on the right wearing a green top who gets on the school bus while one of the characters hides behind a tree before he gets on the yeah, bus. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's film debut. <laughs> he was in TV shows before that, but... I did enjoy watching this a lot. This came out when I was, what, 10 or 11? Yeah. And I enjoyed it a lot, but... It came out when I was two. This... Sure, Zach... <laughs> Also, I was also really kind of like almost all the trivia was how safe they were with the animals. Mm-hmm. Like they, oh. <laughs> there's a part when they're guiding them around with like a, uh, uh, I don't know what to call it. It's like a, a rod with like a, a metal loop at the end that you put around the dog's neck and move them around. Yeah. But they had to build a special one that had like a fur collar and they were all choreographed and trained so the dog wouldn't get hurt. They were being very, there was a robot dog so okay. it wouldn't be hurt at times. I want to talk about the robot dog. The robot dog Because we talked about the My Pet Monster puppetry being bad. <laughs> the robot dog's eyes terrify me. I'm going to have nightmares about them tonight. They make and me that's laugh. when he's uh, like looking stu- at the too, because I lost Every it. stupid time those eyes would get really wide when he would get scared or nervous, I'd laugh. Uh-huh. And it was weird. <laughs> Horrifying. It was so weird. Nightmare fuel. Bacon. When he looks at bacon. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it was about four minutes before the first pee joke and about 17 minutes before the next pee joke. I was telling you. <laughs> oh, that's actually a, a yeah. puppies there. Oh, yeah. The girl, you got any pitbulls? <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, come full circle at the end. She she wants a mean dog, and you're supposed to think she's a bad person. At the end, it's the mean junkyard dogs who take care of the bad guys, the two bumbling idiots, oh, Stanley Tucci and Oliver Pine. That's true. Yeah. This is a movie that I didn't realize. Like, I watched it a lot, and even then, I was still surprised at how well I still knew it. To the and point of, I can hum the entire okay, score right the now. The score? There's actually a score in this movie. Yeah. It's good. And it's not just Lady Marmalade. <laughs> it's on an organ. <laughs> Which the pool scene, by the way, yeah. scared me when, I, when yeah. I saw it as a kid because this little girl falls into a pool well, does it and scare somehow and she across never... the city, Beethoven senses that she's going to fall in a pool. He has superpowers. Before she, he understands an alarming amount of English. He <laughs> like when a, David Duchovny's like, let's have them sign these papers. We're going to steal their business from under them. And Beethoven's like, hmm? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Beethoven then dra- drags Patricia, Patricia Heaton and David Duchovny Once again, off. when you're a kid, that is so funny. Wait, who, who are the bad guys in this movie then? David Duchovny and pa- Patricia Heaton. What From, does Patricia Heaton play? Uh, she's the woman. In, Deborah! Oh. <laughs> Deborah! <laughs> you were <laughs> waiting for that. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Like, yeah, it was weird. I think Beethoven was a little bit psychic. But yeah. Yeah. And gets out and apparently just hangs out around the town and goes and t- gets a donut at the shop and hangs yeah. out with the firefighters. He's a cool dog. Oh, what I was going to say, though, is the nanny. Like, she's in there watching the kids, and then Emily wanders off and falls into a pool. And I was like, it's not really her fault that she wandered out. She was taking care of the kids, and Emily happened to wander yeah. out. And so I was like, they're really kind of putting her as a horrible person when it was It an was accident. a Karen moment, though, because then when the mom comes over... But that's just it. Well, her attempt to cover it up and then kind of justify what happened and blame someone else, Yeah, that's when she became kind of a horrible person. Yeah. yeah. But Beethoven never got the credit. No. Unsung hero. <sighs> Beethoven. Thanks, Beethoven. Saving you him. saved my life. <laughs> Saving the son from bullies. <laughs> Little Emily. Is she Emily, yeah. too? They're both Emily from Double Switch and, and Beethoven. Yeah. And that's... What my brothers and I used to mock this movie because this came out when I was 12, so I was already feeling a little too cool for it. Yeah, this is the year before like Street Fighter, so you know. Every time someone, <laughs> every time Mortal someone Kombat. brings up uh, Beethoven, we don't, we'd always say, like, he'll tell us what he wants to be called. 
Because <laughs> just the way the girl, the little girl does the line. She is adorable, She's though. adorable, but she's terrible at, oh, I'll cry all night. <laughs> it was driving me nuts. I couldn't remember what she was in. I mistook her for the girl in Matilda. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mistook her for the girl from Hook. And I found him like, what does she do? She's the girl from Kindergarten Cop who's like, yeah. I don't want to be a policeman. I'm a princess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that. And I thought she was adorable in that yeah, too. Yeah, she's cute. Uh, and Ted, the little boy, he's from uh, Step by Step, as we yep. mentioned. My biggest issue with this movie oh, geez. was when they were playing Super, Super Mario, Mario Brothers, Brothers 3, 3 with the power glove. And he was playing yep. with the power glove. And they were both playing at, at the, the same, same time on yeah. a one-player game. Joel, you and me both, buddy. I was oh, about to mention okay. that. Has any TV show or movies ever done video games right? Why? The Why Wizard of the Those kids have never played a game before? Yeah. I think they didn't know what game they were well, they were playing. Keep in mind the I'm wizard. The they inserted no. They inserted the game after yeah. I think of Beethoven because he's just like get the thing with the no, stuff. They specifically say don't they say warp whistle in there? That's the that's the wizard. Oh, okay, maybe I'm the wizard. That, which you're also, right, I'm which also lied to everybody as well. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. But then Dean Jones with his evil plan to get the dog to attack him. That was that was that was villainous. And, and the when fake he says everything, your dog's already been destroyed, and the kids are like, "What?" Yeah. It's it's very coincidental. The guy who does the euthanate the euthanasia was not there. Yeah, and, and he got that information mm-hmm. right before coming back. But I love that reveal. Like that was such one of those cool moments when he grabs his arm and then he rips down his sleeve. And he's like, "No, Beethoven never bit you. You're not injured." And I'm like, "You got him." Yeah, that's a character arc for Charles Grodin for sure. Yeah, I will confess. When I was a kid, I didn't understand when he said assault and battery. He wasn't referring to what you put in devices. <laughs> <laughs> I assault was very confused. Uh, yeah, it meant more as an adult. Yeah. I, so did that one scene with Beethoven spooning Charles Grodin. Hey, no. <laughs> I mean, we already talked about it. Did we? The, yeah. fam- the whole point of this is family friendly. I also love how Charles Grodin's plan to stop him from killing Beethoven is to jump through a skylight with nothing below him. <laughs> and just a member's a Batman jacket. <laughs> it was a bad, yeah. bad move. But yeah. So, Zach, uh, express your love for this movie or anything else you want to say about it. I had a lot of fun with this movie. Watching it again really brought me back. I was surprised at how tonally bizarre the dog <laughs> catching stuff was i didn't remember that i could have been happy with just them hanging out with the family but i was surprised to see some stuff i was surprised to hear some jokes that did better for me as an adult right. or that i that went over my head mm-hmm. um i laughed at this movie and after i watched them uh, actually in the order we have talked about them all right back to back to back and so for, for me it was a little bit of a fresh air to see a more an actual Le- movie, legitimate a feature movie. film, and with, so with I, film quality and sound quality. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's well made. Like I said, I love the score. I think it's really good. Um, so I had a lot of fun with it. Can I admit something? Yeah, when this came out, I was like I said, I was twelve. I was and you know going on to be a teenager, and I thought it was too cool for school for this. Of course, you, know, you did. Mm-hmm. Bopper little kid movie, mm-hmm. and so I was kind of we'd, we'd mock it. I actually liked it better watching it as an adult. Really? Like you I did? was kind of like, oh, that's funny. And I, I watching it as an adult. Like when Charles Grodin has to take Beethoven to the vet, I used to think he was a jerk yeah. for doing that. Yeah. And now I'm like, I get it. He, you no, yeah, you actually understand his character yeah, more. It's like, I don't, want this, I don't want this around my kids anymore. Mm-hmm. It needs to go. I actually found myself siding more with the adults now. That's yeah. kind of funny about it. The scene where Beethoven completely wrecks the house. Yeah. And it's all slimy and muddy. By the way, and he's sitting on the bed and he's just about to that, shake it that off. That was pretty bad too. It was like someone just got a like a bucket of dog drool and threw it right onto Charles. It was like Grodin. Slimer ran through there. Yeah, my parents have two Newfoundlands, which are about the same size as Saint Bernards, they have, and they have two of them in the house right now. Wow. So I am familiar with dog drool. 
It is nothing like that. No, <laughs> yeah, it's not, not realistic. And there were paws like on the ceiling, like yeah. dirty <laughs> paws and everything. Uh, I did get, yeah. get emotional too, but that's the point. what 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 part? At that part when they had to say goodbye to the dog and all the kids were crying and everything, it was just a moment. No, you did. I've had to put dogs down before. They just went to a ranch. It was fine. And yeah, they didn't go to the ranch, Kent. <laughs> they went to the ranch. Sure Blue went Spoilers. to the ranch. He did, sure, buddy. He did. I love <laughs> him. But he's no, still alive today. It, it was funny how I still had an emotional reaction, even though I've seen it, and even though I'm an adult, I still had. Motion oh, really? this one. So this one got me. All right. So we reached out to Jake and Jake said, my movie choice, a movie that I watched so many times as a child is Mad Max. <laughs> he did. And I was like, well, you know, the movies we're picking are more like Beethoven, Disney Channel movies, that sort of thing. He's like, oh, I've got a perfect one. And this one is so perfect. And it's very regional as well. Like this is a locally based movie. If you're in the Utah, Idaho, Arizona area. Yeah. This is a feature film for family production. And it is called The Buttercream Gang. Someone just gasped because we mentioned the Buttercream Gang on Bacon on Cell. On Bacon Cell. <laughs> Unlike most gangs, the Buttercream Gang does good deeds. <laughs> Their leader, Pete, has to go live with his aunt in Chicago. But things don't go well in Chicago. And Pete is changed when he returns. Into a monster. <laughs> Soon Pete is hanging around with the wrong crowd, but the remaining members of the gang, especially with their new leader, Scott, refuse to give up on their friend, Pete. Directed by Bruce Nybar, who directed both sides of the law, Friendships Fields, and Journey to Mecca, and starring Michael D. Weathered, Jason Johnson, and Brandon Blazer. I don't know any of those. <laughs> nope. There's nobody uh, in this 93 movie. 93 Minutes. This came out in 1992. Uh, it's got a 66% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. This is one of those feature films for families, yeah. which once again, if you lived in this area, you know, feature films for families. It was these, mm-hmm. it was like Avon, door to door salespeople mm-hmm. who were like, hey, these movies, these are movies the whole family can watch and we'll send Super you one a month or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, the other yeah, movies. Always a good moral. And yeah. Maybe uh, My Pet Monster is a little more immature fun. You've got some, some family fun with the other two movies. This is Family Home Evening. My Pet oh, Monster totally. feels satanic compared to the Buttercream <laughs> Game. <laughs> Absolutely. My, so okay. my, we watched this one on Monday night, I think, after Family Home Evening. And uh, my wife said, oh, we should have totally watched this one on Sunday. This is totally a Sunday movie. And I'm like, it is? Because, gentlemen. I remember having this movie in my house. I don't think I ever watched. How did it. you get away with not watching this? I same way. No I way. Remember, it was a VHS. I think it's in a green it box. Like, it was like a. It was like a. What well, was like a brown tan well, thing? It has yeah, like an artistic drink. cover, like almost a Drew Sturzen cover. You know why you have it? Because your grandmother gave it to you. No, it's because my mom. <laughs> no, it's like it was like the BMG catalog where feature films for families. Would just send it to you. They would. And no one would watch it. And you'd have it. this collection. Okay. And I remember we had a whole collection. In fact, I found a list of all the feature films mm-hmm. for families. And my wife was just like, oh, that one. On our oh, own. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're on our own. <laughs> but all these different movies. And she knew all of them. And I knew the titles. But I'd only watched like two or three of them. And it's because I was a movie snob using as a kid. And I was like, yes, okay. I'd rather watch real movies. So <laughs> this is my history with this movie. I saw it when I was a kid. And did not like it whatsoever. And so I remember I watched horror films as a child. Remember, I go to my grandma's house. Yeah, your grandma would record random ones thinking they were candy. And they were all rated R, right? And so I was exposed to horror movies and I became desensitized quite early. So I'd go have a sleepover at a friend's house whose parents were quite strict. And this would be many friends. I'd be like, what movies do you have that we could watch on our sleepover while we have gummy bears? And they were like, "Um, my mom said we could watch the Buttercream Gang. And I, because I'd seen cooler movies at this point, said, 
we will not be watching the Buttercream Gang. That movie is crap. And so I, like you, was a film snob back then because I refused Can't, to watch. Were you the Pete at sleepovers? <laughs> <laughs> I had a bandana. I buttoned my shirt at the top. I should clarify that bandana joke. on your arm. Pete is the friend who okay. goes to Chicago and becomes so the joins story, a gang. The story is like it starts off and it's kind of it's a weird sort of friendship. But Pete immediately leaves the gang. He's been leading the do-gooders. They're saying goodbye at the beginning. Yeah, he, he leads the do-gooders, and he says... After saving the widow Jenkins, he I'm says a, goodbye. <laughs> I'm going to go, go live with my aunt in Chicago. And he's like, you know, Simon. Is his name Simon? The the, the main kid? Scott. Yeah, Scott. Scott. Simon, Simon, Simon Scott. from Double yeah, Switch. He's the agent. Scott, you're the new leader. Be confident and wear your San Francisco 49ers hat every day. And he's like, okay, <laughs> you I'll got the right you. one, baby. Uh-huh. They, uh-huh. they quote that Pepsi so many times. <laughs> and so they write to each other, for the first 20 minutes of the movie, but Pete joins an actual Chicago gang. He becomes a hardened criminal. He gets arrested. And by hardened criminal, he wears a bandana and buttons his shirt all the way to the top. Yeah, yeah, but he changes his accent like he's uh, Brooklyn from Newsies. You don't understand me. You never tried to understand me. And so he comes back to town because... John Travolta. (laughs) His aunt kicks him out. So he has to go back and live with his grandpa. He gets expelled, yeah. Back in yeah. like Podunk, wherever this is. Podunk, Idaho, basically. Idaho. It's filmed in Riverton, actually. Is it really? Yeah, it was Riverton uh, and Draper's where this was it's, filmed. It's such a in small Utah. town. You can see like things have grown quite a bit. Yeah. But he doesn't fit, uh, fit in with the gang. In fact, he starts shoplifting and vandalizing. At the local store, yeah. Yeah, and Scott and his two buddies who were just there for some reason because his two buddies don't do anything in the movie except for sit um, there hold on Eldon, you are not factoring in this them saving the widow jenkins okay okay yeah so, at a few points in this movie a little girl comes over is it one of their sisters yeah probably and she says guys guys i think they're on their bikes or they're playing baseball guys guys it's the widow jenkins she fell down again and so they get on their bikes they ride all cross town <laughs> yeah and they have to do this rope swing thing which is almost like MacGyver style. Yeah. Once again, the sound editing in this movie is terrible. It's very bad. The rope sounds like... And then they finally climb up... Well, Scott climbs up the upstairs window, goes down to the kitchen, and he sees the Widow Jenkins who has, who has fallen down. You, don't, you just basically see her legs just yeah. poking out. And he basically taps her and he says, Widow Jenkins, Widow Jenkins, are you okay? And she sits up and she goes, well, yes, I'm fine. I do need some things from the store, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, a con artist. Is, she What's is happening? a con artist. And, this, and their response time is going to be better than, I don't know, the police. This, well, they are the, the buttercream yeah. gang. They're the town superheroes. And the buttercream gang, they do. They walk around. They paint fences. They, they clear debris from the roads. And, like, and that's what they do. It's a weird name, but the buttercreamers have been in this town for a while. Yeah. Uh, the name is cute. It, is it cute? Because they used to help the old, like the ladies with it's, their It's a legacy cream. that's been passed down. I hate it. <laughs> it's like a fraternity. I hate it, Zach. <laughs> Please don't say buttercream anymore. <laughs> Welcome to buttercream sale. <laughs> cool. Nope. I feel like, though, this this is like a half hour long seminary video yeah. that was then watered down and stretched out into a 90 minute feature length film. Because there's parts where I'm like, We've seen this happen, and we're and, seeing it happen again. And there are so many times where plots are meant to happen. For example, the Buttercream Gang is very distracted with Pete's actions, and so the young girls in the town said, "We're going to start the Buttercream Butter Mets. And by the way, that plot is never mentioned again. It isn't. They have a right. montage, but it's never mentioned again. Just at again. the very end, we, we, they're like, "Maybe girls should join." Yeah, maybe now. girls should join. <laughs> and then you get the montage of like the good gang versus the bad gang. Yeah. With the music that is like spot, the song is spot on. Like what is happening? It's almost like they're like. 
like, and then they went in and painted the fences. But the other guys, they were stealing stuff. Stealing stuff is bad. Painting fences is hey, good. That's Kurt Bester, okay? It was so like on the nose of like, what was happening, she though. She sees a diamond <laughs> deep in the rough of my The soul. acting is so bad in this movie, but the dialogue is worse. <laughs> there's one moment where there's a girl named Margot or something. Margaret. Margaret, who really likes Scott. And she's like, Scott, you owe me a favor. And then Eldon says, you owe her a favor? That's worse than dog breath. <laughs> okay? And then... Mar- hey, don't knock on Margaret. She was in Halloween 4. Well, was she? Yep. I'm sorry, Margaret. <laughs> I noticed you. She, she has connections to Michael Myers. So there is actually this scene with Pete and Scott. And Pete is Pete trying... Pete the bad guy, Scott yeah. being the, the good guy. They're in the clubhouse. And it's kind of a moment. And it's not the turnaround yet. Because, by the way... Is it after they spend alert, the day together? Yeah. And Pete has this Pacino type moment where he goes on this monologue about how Scott just doesn't understand. And it's like the best acting in the movie. He's trying so hard. It's a low bar, obviously. But there's a moment where it's actually a callback to a previous line. And this is the most iconic line in the movie. Say it. So Pete says, just remember, in my neck of the woods, there are only two kinds of people, your friends and your enemies. Scott says, is that a threat? Pete says, no, that's a promise. No. That's a promise. That is from the Buttercream Gang. I mean, that might as well be like this. I yeah. did not know that was a common phrase. In Utah, it is. Oh, it is because of this movie. Oh. <laughs> For some Scott says reason. it first, though. But here's he at does. the, at he the does. baseball game. Yeah, but here's the thing. So Pete is he, he joins up with like a couple other guys in the town and they just like spray paint things and do things. I think they write blah in graffiti. I think they may point. have. Yeah. <laughs> but then it was just one of those things where I got kind of pulled I, at first in this movie i was kind of laughing at the stuff and like you know whatever the whole movie is funny but then like near the end i was getting really like legitimately mad at these punk kids like when they took all his papers from his paper out that he had to hand deliver that he walked and hand delivered and put them all back in a pile it's like looks like your papers didn't get delivered today i was legitimately mad at them and i was like mm-hmm. he should punch them in the face right now Punch him in the face. Well, he had a chance to. In fact, Jake actually mentioned the reason he chose this movie is because it kind of terrified him as a kid because there's a moment of implied violence when this gang of bad boys beats up Scott and you don't see anything happen, but you see Scott afterwards. And he's and all he's, bloodied up. And he's looking pretty yeah, rough. He looks rough. Yeah. And so it doesn't show much, but, but then there's more EFY music coming I, in <laughs> to save the day. But Scott's a better man than I am because I would have slugged Pete so many times. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to. As an adult, I wanted to punch this kid. Turn the other cheek. Joel. And I couldn't. I was so bad. I'm like, he's so much better than I am because he kept not fighting yeah. back. Well, and that's the moral of the movie is Scott was just trying to kill him with kindness, basically, until Pete had his turnaround. And then there's this moment at the end of the movie where they kind of did an intervention for Scott. And they were like, so Pete went back to Chicago at the end of the movie, right? And the family, the sheriff, Pete's grandpa, everyone was standing there waiting for Scott to come home, looking sadder than anything. This ending of this movie is it bonkers. Was, it was so, a jerk move. It was a jerk move. And so it was basically Scott coming home to hear that Pete probably oh, died. Because yeah, yeah, like they have this whole thing where he didn't fight against him, didn't fight against him. And he's like, you'll change, you'll change. And Pete's just like, I just want to get out of here. And then he he leaves. So, so yeah. we don't know what happened to him. So Scott's dad, who apparently had this war story and he's trying to be like, I'm going to give the lessons of this movie. He says to his son, and I quote, and this is when he's about to tell him that did Pete die or what happened? He says, son, I just want you to know it doesn't always turn out this way. Like it's the most foreboding line in the movie. And they're I was totally like, no, messing with the, this the line. Horrible. Like one line after that is the most foreboding. But we're we're going to give this to the reverend because he's better at handling these kind of things. Yeah. What? And I had never seen this movie before. Okay. 
So I was like, you thought it was going to be like the mailbox or siphon the snow. I did thought it was going to take this dark turn. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh man, what are they going to do here? And then they're like, Whoop. here's hey, a newspaper Pete. article. Here's a newspaper article of Pete who started the own his own chapter of the Buttercream no. Game in Chicago. No, they do another. They do. Th- Four fake outs in the same scene because they do the thing with the dad. They hand it over to the reverend. The reverend reads a letter from the mother that says, basically, I included an article. And then he has to read the article. And we finally find out. So Pete and Scott, well, do they rekindle at the end? No. No. Like so they, he they, really they, did just have to leave the demons of the small town behind, and he started his own big but But he got game. to him. But Scott was able to get through to his heart because he says, I, I, I'm, we're friends just like no matter what. I, I'll, Emily, I'll always love you. my friend. Yeah. That's basically what this movie is. Yeah. I do love the last line of the movie because it all brings it back full circle because they do get a, a We're female butter creamers. Yeah, he says, uh, once again, the girl comes out and says, it's the widow Jenkins. She fell down again. And they say, butter creamers, let's ride. <laughs> you know, you know, there was like kids back in the day who would say that was they go to ride their bikes with their buddies. I don't think so. This movie was so nerdy. <laughs> So nerdy. I don't think anyone used this to act cool. I actually uh, only saw this as a kid uh, because I watched it in school. We watched it in elementary school. Yeah. But I think my teacher fast forwarded through the parts where they're at church. (laughs) Yeah. And by the way, it wasn't like. Oh, yeah, there were church parts. It, but was, it was like a non-denominational Christian church. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. they, they had the crosses and the collars and stuff. Yeah, so the I reverend was also the baseball coach. Yeah. yeah. I spent the whole movie trying to find. I swear there was going to be someone in this movie I knew. Just because, you know, it's a small circle of people is, who are yeah. going to be in these types of movies and stuff like that. And I was like, I wanted to see just one person that I recognized. I didn't recognize anyone in this movie. Mm-mm. This this movie was a complete no memories for me on this one. This This was a fresh watch as an adult experience. You do realize we have to watch the sequel now. There's a sequel. There's a sequel. Yes, it's called the buttercream butter game. game in the, hold on, the buttercream butter game. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. The buttery creamier gang. <laughs> the buttercream gang in secret treasure of, in secret of treasure mountain. Uh huh. It's so, not even the right. That the grammar's not there. The, the buttercream gang in secret of treasure mountain. Yeah. Oh, it's like oh, yeah, they're yeah. in. This no, story. but here's the thing. I don't even think they could get most of the cast because it's like Mr. Graff, the shop owner, they were really busy. and Eldon. Eldon, like the secondary member of the group. You got the right one, baby. Well, Scott already had his Uh story. Yeah. Yeah, did they pay Diet Pepsi or did Diet Pepsi pay them to have that in there? For Pepsi. They probably sued him. But yeah, that was... Although Diet Pepsi never knew Buttercream Gang existed. They do now. No, they don't. (laughs) So there you go. There's there's our uh, review of Buttercream Gang. Jacob's childhood favorite. The last thing for me, I uh, had to run an errand while I did this. Mm -hmm. And I remember pausing it and going... What is possibly left for the last 45 minutes of this movie? Like, yeah. the point has been made. Bike yeah. riding. You are the, the best sound bite. Is, it's seriously a very short story and a very long movie. Yeah. So let's put it in order, gentlemen. I want to hear what your number one, or your number four, your four. number three, your number two, and then your number one. Are we going as far as quality that we're looking at it now? As an adult watching it. Your enjoyment of these movies. I'll start. Yeah. Because I've already, I've already been doing the math in my head. Okay. Uh, number four was the buttercream gang. It, it was I, I it was ended up no, I ended up liking it. At the end, I was like, you know, that was a good message. Well, that it was, was a good message, and it was just I, so bad it was good. And I did get emotionally involved at the end, just kind of like when I was like, I hate that kid, and why isn't that kid fighting against him? And then I went, man, maybe I need to be less combative. Uh, you jerk, Kent. <laughs> Whoa! And uh, listen, <laughs> is that a threat? <laughs> so then, number four would be buttercream gang. Number three would probably be my pet monster. Mm-hmm. Number. Oh, man. See, this is actually hard for me because Beethoven and Double Switch, I enjoyed both a lot. Mm. 
but I think I'm going to have to give obviously number two to Beethoven and number one to double switch my pick. Yeah. I, I think that's pretty accurate to, you know, my list as well. Um, but I would give a little swap. Uh, I'm going to give my pet monster last because there was no message. And I need a message in my child movies, apparently. <laughs> Don't go hungry. <laughs> Feed the beast inside. And then I'll put Buttergreen Gang at third. And then just, I, I really honestly liked Double Switch more than I thought Aww, I would. Thanks. Um, but because Beethoven was a higher quality, technically, yeah. a movie and the nostalgia. I'm, Beethoven's my number one. Okay, that's fine. I'm fine with that. All right. None of these pass the test of time for me. I think they're so all. We both gave our own picks number yeah. one. Yeah. I think they're all and kids bad hating on all movies. Yeah. Uh, but the worst one is Buttercream Gang. I laughed more in this movie than the other ones, but I, oh man, it's awful. Uh, the third best <laughs> is My Pet Monster. Yeah. This movie is irredeemable. Yeah. But I know why I loved it. Yeah. And then the other two, much like you, Zach, it's kind of a toss up. Yeah. But the one with Elizabeth Shue wins. So Double Switch gets the win. Yeah. Beethoven is second. Double Switch is number one in all. Oh, yeah. no, not in your Look, list. Beethoven no. is the better movie. Wait, why are you agreeing with Zach? That was my list. You just did my list. Yeah, I did your you list. Have the no, same but list. I'm saying it's a toss up between those two. Yeah. And there's a better movie, and there's one that I enjoyed watching for reasons. It's Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I chose that one. Yeah. Not the Heather Graham one. No. no student exchange. You should look at a time. current picture of Re- Rice. Yeah, Rice. She's actually. Uh, yeah, glow up. Yeah, pretty much. Wow, we're going to end on that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. Rice, which Rice from, I always thought it was the weirdest name in Beethoven to rice. have a daughter named Rice. Yeah, R-Y-C-E. R-Y-C-E. Rice. I don't know why. I would like to know if anyone listening now has seen these movies. Yes, please let us know because you think. We want to know if this related to you at all. Like yeah. if we were able to explain it well enough. We hope we did. We tried to explain them to death so you could understand the movie. Yep. But yeah, you, you can find My Pet Monster, Buttercream Gang, uh, both on YouTube pretty easily just by Googling the name. Really poor quality. Date. It cuts out many times. Oh, yeah. There's sound yeah. issues and all that. But it's A lot kind of swearing at Buttercream Gang. No, oh, not. so much. I actually used to get the Buttercream Gang mixed up with the Peanut Butter Solution, I think it's called. Not the Apple Dumpling Gang? No. Okay. Peanut Butter uh, Falcon? Although that's what I, I suggested that. I suggested Buttercream Gang. They said, is that the one with Don Knotts? I'm like, no, that's Apple Dumpling Gang. Yeah. Uh, but you can find these somewhere. But we want to know. We want to know some of your childhood movies that you maybe would want to submit for a review by Bacon Sale. Not that we're going to do it anytime soon, but we're looking down the road mm-hmm. at maybe possible future. We did our, some of our childhood movies. Mm-hmm. We may do more of our childhood movies. We want to know some of your childhood movies. So let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I want to know some of the movies that people are afraid to watch as an adult because they, they, they know they're not going to hold yeah. up. Yeah, that too. Let us yeah. know that too because that's fun to it's fun to it's fun to relive some of these movies and some of them like I should have left that in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons, in particular the I am the listener tier, which includes Scott Sprague, Crew Dutler, Adrian Gray, Terry Finlay, Sean Sanquist, Alicia Bass, Braden Winterton, Jennifer Kukowski, Krampus eight oh one, Chris Drought, and Kyler just wants Jill's approval. We also have the Baking Council, which includes Matt's Mudro, Brian Madsen, Jessica Terry. Jessica Terry. <laughs> nope, I still can't hit it. Uh, Nicole D. Hale, Chris Anderson, Ryan Farron, and Stephen Ross, and Reverse Listener. Thank you so much thank for being patrons. We really do appreciate it. And thank you for listening to Bacon Sale. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter, or you can find me performing with QuickWits. They're doing online shows right now for free on Facebook. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my upcoming movie reviews in possibly two, three weeks, <laughs> it's showtimeshowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at Tumbling Mustard. But most importantly, make sure you are following Bacon Sale at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram, as well as liking the Facebook page. And while you're doing that, stop by tpublic.com slash Bacon Sale and get yourself a mug or a t-shirt 
more likely a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> there's lots of fun designs on there and uh, maybe some new ones on the way as well. And if you'd like to support the show, you like what's going on, you can do so at patreon.com slash bacon sale. Uh, you can contribute monthly. You get some fun rewards uh, starting at just $3 a month, which includes the bacon bits that we do occasionally. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so until next time, guys, I have a confession. I'm not Joel. I'm really Jotholomew, the rock star. Oh, no. <laughs> Pre-1985? Paranormal Activity is not a documentary? It's worse than MASH. No. (laughs) I don't know if you guys noticed, but I I hit the high note, kind of. Two episodes in a row of Kent and I just dancing. (sighs) All the insecurity came back to me. Oh, no. It's Portuguese. This is Nolan-level quality. (laughs) This is not a joke. (laughs) The Rito's in my mouth. In my fan fiction, he ate a dog. And whether it's Psych or Disney Studios, she's got good. Oh, no! No! Back then, it was the 80s. They didn't share. Sure, Sure, whatever, dude. Some weird old man that works in a museum will take care of these kids? Sure. It was a smash. That's not a dog. It's a monster. If I'm looking at this as an adult, it's just the worst. Ripping Seems pretty him. fun to me. Yeah, straight up assault is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my girlfriend. So these no, are all... I called her. I thought we were getting risque. He's in his 80s. I thought he was just weathered. The robot dog's eyes terrify me. I'm going to have nightmares about them tonight. Dabra! Beethoven. Beethoven. Saving you him. saved my life. <laughs> He'll tell us what he wants to be called. <laughs> I'll cry all night. Someone just gasped because we mentioned the buttercream gang on Bacon on Cell. On Bacon Cell. My pet oh, monster totally. feels satanic compared to the buttercream <laughs> gang. <laughs> Absolutely. You never tried to understand me. Well, yes, I'm fine. I do need some things from the store, though. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> I was like, a con this artist. Is, she What's is happening? a con artist. I hate it, Zach. <laughs> Please don't say buttercream anymore. Welcome to Buttercream Sale. (laughs) As an adult, I wanted to punch this kid. I just want to get out of here. It's the Widow Jenkins. She fell down again. Buttercreamers, let's ride. The Buttercream Gang. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. The Buttery Creamier Gang. (laughs) Maybe I need to be less combative. Uh, You jerk, Kent. (laughs) That's oh, I true. fell down. Anyway, want to go you shopping? You broke in again, me? children. Oh, no. Okay. Children. <laughs> children. Please don't choke. I got Doritos in my throat. I'm choking on Doritos. That's why I talk like this. You want to make out with Batman? <laughs> Wait, why, why is yeah, I saw? I'm saw. <laughs> I was just <laughs> saw just then. That's not Batman. This is Batman. This is yeah, Batman. The slightly. You know what I do? I know that's kind of blocked up, so... Uh, might at least it won't run on you. Uh, I really oh, the tumbler. Uh, oh, you're not gonna want that, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> that was dangerously close to Matthew McConaughey as Lucius Fox. It's a fine <laughs> line between the two.